glorify thyself and thyself alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let us hear the word of the Lord today. And I'll be going through 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter, and I've plucked out some verses there for our hearing. And we'll be using the easy-to-read translation. 2 Chronicles is in the Old Testament. <clears throat> and the word of the Lord reads, beginning with 2 Chronicles 1. Later the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some Meunites came to start a war with Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, there is a large army coming against you from Engedi. Jehoshaphat became afraid, and he decided to ask the Lord what to do. He announced a time of fasting for everyone in Judah. Verse 14. The Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah. Zechariah was the son of Beniah, the son of Jeiel, and the son of Mataniah. Jehaziel was a Levite from the family of Asaph. In the middle of the meeting, Jehaziel said, Listen to me, King Jehoshaphat, and everyone living in Judah and Jerusalem. <clears throat> the Lord says this to you Don't be afraid or worry about this large army because the battle is not your battle it is God's battle you will not have to fight this battle just stand there and watch the Lord save you Judah and Jerusalem don't be afraid don't worry because the Lord is with you verse 21 Jehoshaphat encouraged the men and gave them instructions. Then he had the temple singers stand up in their special clothes to praise the Lord. <clears throat> they marched in front of the army and sang, Give thanks to the Lord, his faithful love will last forever. As they began to sing and to praise God, the Lord sent an ambush for the army from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come to attack Judah. The enemy was defeated. The Ammonites and the Moabites started to fight the men from Mount Seir. After they killed them, the Ammonites and the Moabites turned on themselves and killed each other. The men from Judah arrived at the lookout point in the desert. They looked for the enemy's large army, but all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground. There were no survivors. Jehoshaphat and his army came to take things from the bodies. They found many animals, riches, clothes, and other valuable things. It was more than Jehoshaphat and his men could carry. There was so much, there was so much that they spent three days taking everything from the bodies. The grass withers and the flowers fade away. But the word of our Lord shall stand forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. 
if I might use a topic today, I submit to you armed and dangerous. Armed and dangerous. And I'm thinking about praise as a weapon of spiritual warfare. Why is that necessary to talk about on such a beautiful day like today? Must you talk about war, Sister Preacher? Why talk about something that so many people all over the world are involved in when we have peace right here in this country? Why focus on something hard or difficult when I might be feeling good? You might be feeling good, and that's a good thing and a good place to be. And let it all be true. There's still reality. We must face some realities about the state of the spiritual world and the state of our spiritual lives. I've often heard people say of storms, you might have just come out of one, you might be going into one, or you might be in the midst of one right now. And when those times come, we have to be prepared because there is a war going on. And if you're going to win, you have to know how to fight, how to battle, how to handle your weapon, how to defeat the enemy. You see, the devil is real, and his explicit job is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. <clears throat> and when the devil, while the devil does actually have power, you have to remember only God has the authority. Amen? Nothing happens to us without God's permission. You remember Brother Job. Job thought he was done for, wiped out, left to the dogs but God. So today, with the help of the Lord, we'll look at the most effective weapon of spiritual warfare, and that is praise. Praise lifts your eyes from the battle to the victory, for Christ is already the victor, and you have the victor in your heart that you might have his victory inside of your life. Do you notice in many churches, praise and worship goes before the word? Do you wonder why that has always been a thing? And even in ancient uh, churches, praise went before the word. That's so that the enemy is boundary checked. The enemy is boundary checked. So when the word goes forth from the preacher for how thou shall they hear without a preacher, the enemy does not steal the seed of the word of God from us. <clears throat> we need the word of God so that we're strengthened for the kingdom work that lies ahead of us, the work that God has assigned each of our hands to do. The enemy is also boundary checked for us to see God keep his promise that his word will not return to him void. God means for us to be productive kingdom citizens. The Doc Watch song that some of the old folks used to sing at the beginning of every service, whether it was Sunday school, Bible study, or a church service, it included a line that says, a charge to keep I have, a God to glorify, never dying soul to save, and fitted for the sky. We have to be fit for service to do what we've been called to do. And what is it that we've been called to do? Well, let's just start with the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. 
Matthew 25 tells us, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. These are some of the things that God has assigned our hands to do and we have to be fit to do kingdom service. And sometimes, saints of God, we just have to plain old fight so that we might live and not die. Surely, Pastor Laron, with all the things we're commanded to do as the hands, feet, eyes, and ears, the body of Christ, there is always, always a movement from the forces of evil, the devil himself. His job is to stop us, to slow our efforts, to, to discourage us, dismantle us, disarm us, paralyze, neutralize us, to distract us, and believe it or not, and this is true, sometimes he wants to kill us. If the devil can get us to serve him, to abort mission, to give up the faith, to collapse, to doubt, to forget, to be a distraction, to be disobedient, to get off track, to turn from our God, then the mission for him is accomplished. If he can give us amnesia about the reality of God, give us amnesia about the goodness of God, then he believes he wins. But that's not reality because he only has one end. And the Bible is very clear about that end. It's a burning hell forever. Won't you join me in doing what my granddaddy always used to tell me and stay on the Lord's side? Because in the end, God is going to win. He's winning right now. And because you're here and you have faith in him and you're serving him, so are you. Now let's take a look at how we win, how God engages when we praise, First G. We look at the story of King Jehoshaphat. A great army, far exceeding his own, was coming up against him, and a report was made about where they were, and Jehoshaphat, the Bible tells us, he became afraid. Have you ever come up against a seemingly impossible situation and found yourself afraid. You are not alone. A king with an army did too. But check out Jehoshaphat's response after he recognized and acknowledged his feelings. He went to the Lord. He went to the Lord. That sounds easy, doesn't it? And it is easy when we have a lifestyle of seeking first the kingdom of God and everything in it. When we seek him and his righteousness, and it is not always easy to seek God first when we're out of relationship with him. When we're anxious, when we make moves without his guidance and direction. So when we, when we begin to first seek God like Jehoshaphat did, we build up spiritual muscle memory. What is muscle memory? B.B. King is one of my favorite blues artists ever in the modern time. And the last time I saw B.B. King here in Louisville, the diabetes had his fingers so numb and so uh, bad off, he couldn't actually feel what he was playing on his guitar, but he still gave a full concert. B.B. King had muscle memory. He knew exactly where every note was supposed to be on Lucille. 
his guitar. And so when we, when we first seek God in all the things that we do, even if we have to start little by little, we're building up muscle memory, spiritual muscle memory. So what was the result of Jehoshaphat seeking the Lord first? The Lord immediately spoke and he told Jehoshaphat, the battle is not yours, it is mine. Now, sometimes we prolong our suffering because we want to figure it out, as the saints used to say, while God has already worked it out. Can you imagine being afraid, being overwhelmed, desperate, not knowing how it's going to turn out, not knowing when you're going to be healed, not knowing how the bill is going to be paid, not knowing uh, when the pain is going to end, not knowing she was going to leave and not knowing he was going to quit his job again, not knowing if you can overcome your addiction one more time and live, not knowing if your child will live, not knowing if you're going to get another job. Can you imagine in the midst of it all? God says, this battle is not yours, it is mine. How do we believe a promise from God? My Uncle June would say, faith is a choice. Here it is, saints. We either believe God or we don't. There's no coercion involved. We either believe God or we don't. It's a choice. But what is that belief based on? My belief personally is built on God's word, God's character, and God's track record. Some things, as I was growing up and maturing in the faith, I heard testimonies, and they taught me what faith was, what faith could look like. Things my, my father and my uncle shared uh, with me about how God was with them when they were actually in combat and enduring circumstances that no human being should ever be in. Things that they cannot even speak of, but God kept them and God was with them. God brought them out over and over again. <clears throat> I saw things like when my mother was struggling to take care of me and her, her little child, and how I remember she went to church every Sunday and she played the piano every single Sunday without fail. She was faithful, so God was faithful. He took care of his own. I was never hungry, naked, or houseless as a child. I remember asking my granddaddy how it was during the Great Depression when so many people suffered and starved and didn't have what they needed. And he told me they never wanted for anything because the Lord provided everything. That was God, Brother Tyler. Then I had my own experiences. How I told the Lord that if he wanted me to live after I had swallowed 23 painkillers, then wake my husband sleeping and snoring next to me. And that man sat straight up and asked me specifically, what did you do to yourself? I remember having a blood disorder and they told me my baby might not sur survive a natural birth and I wasn't a candidate for a cesarean because of the blood disorder. And they had to do a procedure to check his blood while he was connected to my umbilical cord. They had to go in and take blood from his end of the umbilical cord and, and um, this resulted, this procedure that is now illegal resulted in 30% natural abortion rates. I prayed in that room and asked God to anoint every hand, instrument, mind, and hand in that room, and I called forth his excellence to prevail. That was by faith. I wanted his power to show up in that room that summer day, and my son will be 30 next month, Lord willing. 
I have my two beautiful sons, Emmanuel and Mark, and only $14.37 in the bank after I paid my bills and tithe. But when I tithe and I paid those bills, I reminded God what he said in Malachi 3. He said, test me in this and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so many blessings that you won't have room to receive it all. We had no incidents occur during the next two weeks because I paid my bills on Friday on payday. No incidents, no utilities cut off, no lack of clothing or shelter, no flat tire, no medical emergency, didn't even need a band-aid. You see, and the, the freezer and the pantry and the deep freeze were full of food. You see, it's by faith that we believe God's promises. Hebrews 6.13 reminds us what God will do on account of his own holiness. It says, for when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself. God's promises are true. He protects his name, his holiness, and his reputation. Amen? And so I believe on God because I've seen him for myself. I had to try him for myself. I don't have to know everything that you've been through for me to believe him. I know for what I've been through. But it's also by the testimonies that we overcome. So what does this have to do with praise as a weapon of warfare? Faith is the key. That's the key piece. First, you need to understand that you are treasured by God. Deuteronomy 7 and 6 tells us, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the people on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. And not only that, God wants us to also treasure him as our first love. Matthew records, for where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And then Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So it is with these truths in mind that we can see and receive the choice blessings of God for being his treasure and his being ours. And one of those choice blessings is we have the opportunity to call upon his great name and to praise him as a weapon of spiritual warfare. With our minds made up to praise him, we are armed and dangerous. Praise comes from a Latin word that means value or price. So to give praise to God is to proclaim his merit or his worth. Many terms are used to express this in the Bible, including glory and blessing, thanksgiving, and as we just heard, hallelujah. These are words we can use to praise God. Nothing and no one is greater than God, so praise is always in order. The enemy, Satan, and his demons they despise our praise of God so much they can't even stand and be in the presence of God while we are actively praising God. Praise is our correct response for God being who he is and for God having done and continuing to do all that he does 
in our lives. So whenever you want the enemy to flee, just begin to praise God. It's one of our strongest weapons of war against him. You can build your praise vocabulary from places like the Psalms, other scriptures of praise, biblically, biblically based hymns and gospel songs and praise and worship songs, and by hearing the sharing of testimonies with our saved friends, for we overcome by the words of our testimony, Sister Melissa. So build that praise vocabulary so that your lifestyle begins to reflect a mindset of praise. For when we start praising God in the middle of our problems, our problems become very small, and, and, and then they become an afterthought in the wake of our praise. So what do you do in the times of trials and tribulations? Are you, like I've been before, become angry or ask God why this? Or do you praise your way through your storm? It's natural to ask God why. People used to say, don't ask God why. I don't believe that. It's natural to ask, why is this happening to me? Why did this happen to someone I love? But we can't get stuck there because God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And in spite of it all, praise is a powerful weapon that the children of God, can, uh, that we possess, and it confuses the enemy of our soul. You have a choice. You can choose to keep quiet in your trials and suffer, or you can choose to get your praise on and experience victory by the king of glory when he comes to your defense. His name alone is a strong tower. Go on and speak his name, and in doing so, remind yourself, I'm armed and dangerous in this battle. Praise is potent in helping us fight and to win our battles. That's why it's called a weapon of warfare. It's effective when we are down and struggling and sometimes when we're barely even, even able to open our mouths or posture our hearts toward praise. Sometimes when I can't open my mouth to praise the Lord, I'll just clap my hands and I got a loud clap because I raised boys, so I used to bing them on the back of the head. But I'm going to tell you, I got a loud clap for the Lord and sometimes that's the way I praise God and I can, I can see the results almost immediately. And so you see, when God knows God knows that when we begin to praise him, we're turning our full attention to him. He knows that we're mustering up our trust and that he is the answer. Plus, we're starting to push back and throw off those feelings of being hopelessly defeated. We can do something in those moments. And when we praise, we lift him up into what the Bible calls a movable throne, and we carry him in a procession on the way to the battle. Psalm 22, 3 says, but you are holy. You inhabit the praises of Israel. So when you start praising God, God literally shows up inside of your praise, and the enemy has something to contend with. He's not contending with you. He's contending with God because he inhabits the praises of his people. Our praise increases the manifestation of God's presence, but that's not all the scripture says. The Bible says that God hears our praises offered in times of difficulties, and then he gets fired up for the enemy. Listen to this right here. Um, it goes on over here in Isaiah. He says, uh, when we sing praises, then something begins to happen. God joins in and who better to have on your side i used to tease people all the time and say you know if i'm gonna get in a bar fight i want you on my side well if i'm gonna get in a spiritual side i want god on my side look what isaiah says he says the lord will cause people to hear his majestic voice and will make them see his arm 
coming down with raging anger and consuming fire, with cloudburst, thunderstorm, and hail. Every stroke the Lord lays on them, the enemies of his people, will his, will his punishing club be to the music of timbrels and harps as he fights them in the battle with the blow of his arm. What does that mean, sister preacher? In other words, God will swing on the enemy on your behalf at the very sound of our praises to him. So every day in life, we are faced with challenges. We're faced with them in our homes, on our jobs, in our relationships, in our, with our health and finances. Every one of us is sub subject to a battle in one form or another. But the way we choose to deal with our challenges will make a difference in the outcome. I'm preaching to myself today, so you're welcome to ear hustle right here. You may find it difficult to stay focused on God when your body is plagued with pain, when you can't get out of your hospital bed, Carla, when you are desperate, when your kids are acting a donkey at school, when you are lonely, or even when your finances are running low. And that's why I love this encouraging story about King Jehoshaphat. He found himself on the brink of war against an army way bigger than his. How often that fight comes and it looks so big, it's bigger than we can handle. And sometimes the mountains of fear, of our problems rather, seem so big or the ocean of fear feels so deep or the furnace can feel seven times hotter than usual. Perhaps your mountain is divorce, uh, your ocean is debt, or your furnace is cancer or some other seemingly impossible situation. But I want you to take heart because God has a promise for your situation. And we praise God because he is good and what he does is good. So one thing for certain and two things for sure, when we praise God in the midst of a storm, our battles look bigger coming than they do going. See, when King Jehoshaphat got word of the impending battle, he purposed to hear from God. And he called the people to gather together to fast and to pray. And when, they call, when he called them together, that was so that they could seek an answer. You know, when things seem hopeless... It is perfectly in order to call your saved friends and your active prayer warriors, Pastor V, and ask for prayer and give praise reports on how the Lord has been moving in their lives. And those praise reports will encourage us and seek to remind us of the goodness, the strength, and the power of our God. As the people gathered, the spirit of the Lord spoke to Jehaziel, a priest, and God gave them a promise that day. Second Chronicles 20, 14 through 15 reads, the spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Beniah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite, who was a descendant of Asaph. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army for the battle is yours. Not, uh, the battle is not yours, but it is God's. The king got a promise from God, and now he could face the war at hand because he knew that this battle was one only God could win. There are some battles that you and I cannot win on our own. There are some battles that you and I are not equipped to deal with. There are some battles that you and I don't even see coming. Some of those battles are not ours. They belong to God. 
The king got a, a promise from God and he could face the war at hand because God was the only one who could win. I pray today that you seek out a promise for your situation today. It's right there in the Bible, believe it or not. It comes straight from the courtyards of heaven. Every answer to every situation is right there in that Bible between the maps and revelation. Your promise fuels your praise. A promise from God, it's as good as it gets. There is no shortfall in God. There is no reneging on his word, no changing his mind. God is looking for someone. Could that be you today? Someone to take him at his word and praise their way through because God will bring you out of your trouble and he will lead you into all of his goodness. And remember, we believe on these things, these promises of God by faith. And we praise God based on what we know, that the Lord is good, that the Lord is righteous, that the Lord is holy, that the Lord is perfect in all of his ways, that he's a healer, that he's the lover of our souls. And we have faith that he will fight our battles. We have faith because he's done it before, and I'm going to tell you what, he can do it again and again and again. You see, the way God is set up, his moves are not based on our feelings or our particular actions. His moves are based on his infinite wisdom his sovereignty and his holiness so we praise him and you know what happens when we praise him oh it's big big what happens when we praise him the bible teaches us that god again inhabits the praises of his people i can't drill that that point strongly enough to you that when you praise when you open your mouth when you pat your feet when you dance when you clap your hands when you praise God even if your mouth ain't open it's just in your mind and you want to say God I just want to give you a praise God literally manifests his presence in your life God is with us all of the time in the person of the Holy Spirit but when we praise him based upon his goodness based upon his faithfulness his love for us we experience that manifested presence and that's where miracles happen and you will also experience in the midst of a storm check this out a peace that surpasses all understanding it's like knowing God is handling it and there will be no backlash King Jehoshaphat he got a promise from God and he believed on God he set out to do exactly what God told him to do he gathered the people the next day, gave them their pep talk based upon the promise that he got from God, and they were ready to take their position for war. After consulting the people, 2 Chronicles 21 through 24 says, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. And you can borrow this. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies to begin to fight against each other. And then they began attacking each other. And when the army of Judah showed up and they looked around, all of the people who were going to attack them were dead. It's marvelous the way God calls us to war, and it's definitely not the way of the world. The Apostle Paul tells us that our weapons are not carnal, but mighty through uh, God for the casting down of strongholds. And so they're mighty through God. They're not mighty through us. They're mighty through God. In every battle, we must learn to stand in faith and we have to believe that uh, what we want 
uh, matters to God. We have to believe that when we praise God, when we look at God's promises, all we have to do is watch God move, watch him show up and fight for us. Sometimes we want to take matters into our own hands. And I'm here to tell you, that's not a good idea. Because when we do, God does not get the glory. And God deserves the glory in all things. We only mess things up, trust and believe. If we leave the battle in his hands, God answers everything. So armed with the priest and the singers, Jehoshaphat and his people, they were ready for battle. The army on the other side might have looked uh, at them like this was ridiculous on every level. They must have laughed and thought, look at these clowns. This is going to be an easy win. They're over there singing and carrying on. They picked up the first weapon. But little did they know Jehoshaphat's army was not about to fight this battle in their own strength. You don't have to fight your battle in your own strength. But the God of the universe would show up and defend them. The God of the universe will show up and he will defend you. So too we must know that God never changes and I'll say it again. If he did it back then, he can do it again. So what he'll do for us when all else is lost, when the situation looks impossible, as long as you have your promise from God that you can stand there and you can give thanks to God because when you focus your praise on God, how good, faithful, and kind and loving he is, you will establish that his qualities will last forever in your life. You see, Sister Misty, when you need God to answer a prayer, you ask God for a promise, okay? And when God gives you a promise, having prayed for the promise, then you trust, then you start to praise from the promise. Pray for the promise and then praise from the promise. King David was a man who faced many trials and tribulations like King Jehoshaphat. He was anointed to be king as a teenager, yet it, uh, he never took the throne until he was 30. And in all of his troubles, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. When you see trouble coming, we just saw Hurricane Ian make landfall again and again. And it turned it, it went into a, uh, from a hurricane to a tropical storm, storm and back into a hurricane in your life when you have those storms come and they come as a hurricane and then you think you have a little easy moment it turns into a tropical storm but then it rears back up and it turns into a hurricane all you got to do is continue to bless the Lord at all times and let his praise continually be in your mouth when King Jehoshaphat and his army went out to battle, they sang and they praised. Their focus was on God, and this caused God to show up. And so as they began to let God show up, all God commanded them to do was stand there. Sometimes all you have to do is keep your position. Just stand there. When I was little, my mom and dad would take us to the store, and they would say, stand right there. So they knew where we were. They knew we were protected. They knew we weren't doing anything we weren't supposed to do stand right there. Sometimes God is telling us, stand right there. I don't want you to move to the left. I don't want you to move to the right. You already know what's over there. I want you to stand still and watch me work. And so last week, my uncle June wrote a text to some of me, uh, some of my cousins and me. And in that, he talked about how the Apostle Paul is one of his favorite biblical characters and how Paul never ever said that he was strong in the Lord. But what the Apostle Paul did say is that the Lord was strong in him. So when we praise God, he is strong 
in us. With King Jehoshaphat, not only did praise bring the people of Judah to victory, but it also brought them material blessings. You see, my friends, everything we need is wrapped up and tied up in the person and the presence of Jesus, our Savior. Turn your focus away from the enemy. He's only ever going to be the enemy. God will, when you turn your gaze to him, God will show you over and over and over who he is, how he is, and how he's willing to move for you. And so all you have to do is take a look and watch God decimate the plans and the purposes of the enemy. It looks real good to me when he does that because what God does, he says, I'll take care of your light work. And then he also says, I'll take care of your heavy work. We just have to stay in position. Watch out for the falling rocks is what I'm going to tell you because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and everything that he has done for me, I'm armed and I'm dangerous with a praise in my mouth. See, we're human. So when we praise in the middle of a battle, at first it may seem counterintuitive or contradictory but as saints of the most high God we have to gird ourselves up and when we praise when it don't make sense uh, how is it that we have faith in the power of God we praise in spite of the circumstances and then we watch God move we watch God change things you have to remember the Bible tells us that faith is the confidence of things we will hope for and they'll actually happen. It gives us an assurance of the things we don't see. Hebrews tells us, fight the good fight of faith. Did you hear that? Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Habakkuk tells us, praise is an act of sacrifice. Praise is a weapon to use in spite of our feelings. And sometimes our negative feelings get in our way because we want to make it all about us. What God wants to see is that you're going to make it all about him. Praise acknowledges that God is greater. Praise puts the focus, it puts the spotlight on God, and it enables us to see everything from God's vantage point. Everything that we're going through, we're able to see from God's vantage point. And this shifts our perspective to a higher point uh, where our help really comes from. I will look to the hills, Pastor Lisa, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, the Lord who made heaven and earth. So praising in the midst of a fight or battle puts more faith in God's power, God's potential, and God's promises than in our problem. And when we praise, we're submitting ourselves to God and his power, and we're also resisting the devil. This, in turn, causes the devil to run away. Why does he run away? Because he's a punk, all right? And so I'm about to go to my seat, and I'm going to finish this little sermon. But before I go, I want to remind you of a few things. Praise changes your focus. My mind tells me people are ganged up against me. Praise tells me greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. My mind tells me that physical or mental illness might consume or kill me. Praise tells me that God heals and he promises to use all things for his glory. My mind focuses on what I can't do, but praise reminds me of what God can do. I am in him armed and dangerous. Praise changes your perspective. It struck me realizing how hopeless it must have looked for the all-powerful Jesus to be hanging on a cross and when he died what appears more final than death but the scripture says oh death where is your sting oh grave where is your victory and I can hear John say for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life and then someone from the gospel music workshop of America wrote a little line in their 
there and they said, but that's not how the story ends. Three days later, he rose again. Praise changes your circumstances. Praise as a weapon, it transforms your circumstances. With singing and speaking and shouting God's word over the lies of the enemy. And the Lord says, for the Lord is my light and my salvation. You know that God is faithful in everything that he does and he will save us. God himself promises in his word that his word will not return void to him, but accomplish what he desires and achieve a purpose for which he sent it. His promises, whatever I say, Ezekiel said, it will be fulfilled. The promises will overcome both the lies of the world and the lies of the circumstances. When I say back to God, whatever you say will be fulfilled, I'm armed and I'm dangerous because I'm working from a place that might not make sense to you. I'm working from a place my brain can't understand, but praise as a weapon, it drives Satan away. Psalm 22, 3 says, when he inhabits the praises of the people, then God is yet with us. God is present and Satan has no choice but to flee. So don't forget that either, that either, uh, don't forget either that heaven is a kingdom of continuous praise and worship. So when we praise God, we're extending his heavenly kingdom to this place in earth. God's word tells us that whatever we bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven and whatever we loose on earth it's going to be loosed on heaven in heaven so come on and praise him with your dangerous self <laughs> praise changes those around you Acts 16 says where Paul and Silas were in jail from being wrongfully imprisoned they began to sing praises about midnight the verse says Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God <laughs> and the other prisoners were listening to them suddenly there was a violent earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken when you praise God the foundations of the prison you're in will begin to shake all at once the prison doors flew open can you see your doors flinging open and everyone's chains became loose I can hear them falling right now Tasha Cobb the jailer woke up and was about to kill himself believing that all the prisoners had escaped but Paul cried out and said to him don't do that and the jailer's response was sir what must I do to be saved somebody is watching you Paul and Silas praise in the in the direst of circumstances when praise don't make sense to make so uh, to, to do in the midst of your circumstances the power and the result of God brings everybody together like that jailer and his family don't believe for one second that others aren't watching you as you navigate your su your uh, supernatural challenges they're waiting to see what you're going to do and they're going to want to know how you did it <laughs> listen I'm going to tell you something before I really take my seat. You can't mess up a praise. You can sing out of tune. You might not be able to sing like Sloan sings, but you might sing out of tune. You don't have to own no musical instrument, and you can even forget some of the words. You can sing softly to yourself or sing so loudly that your voice cracks. You can arm yourself with the best praise that you have. You can sing at church. You can sing at home. You can sing in the bathroom. You can sing in the car. You can sing on your job. You can sing anywhere. And no matter how and where you're declaring that praise, the effect is the same because you're armed and dangerous. The biggest and the most vital point is that you must have faith in God as you praise. We must believe he can and will do all that he promised to do for me and for you. Armed and dangerous. Start praising and start declaring his promises over you. Pull out your weapons of praise. It might be a song that says, oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name. 
name in all of the earth. There is none like you, Jesus. Excellent is thy name. You can praise him by saying, I looked all over. I couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater. Nobody greater than you. You're a battle axe, the old saints used to say, in a time of war. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. He healed my body and he told me to run on. He picked me up and he turned me around. And then look how far God you brought me from. You brought me out of darkness and you put me in the marvelous light. Look how far you brought me from. You saved my soul from a burning hell. Oh yes you did. You woke me up this morning with my mind and it was stayed on Jesus. Walk up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are a good God. I was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord. What? In the house of the Lord, the saints who are praising God's holy name. The blessing of the Lord is upon me right now. The blessing of the Lord is upon me right now. I got food on my table, clothes on my back. I got some food in my belly, and I thank God. You can praise him with what you have. The Lord is blessing me right now. Oh, right now. The Lord is blessing me right now. Oh, right now. He woke me up this morning and he started me on my way. The Lord, he's blessing me right now. He didn't let me sleep too late, but he woke me up right on time. It wasn't no alarm clock, but I woke up and I said, Lord, I thank you for another day. No one else can heal all of my soul's diseases. None like you, oh God. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. Where comes my help? It comes from the Lord. Your peace you'll give me in the time of storm. We're just going to say hallelujah and amen. You are the source of my strength. You are the strength of my life. I lift my hands in total praise to you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that's not how the story ends. Three days later he rose again. And then there's this little thing. You can find it on war on uh, YouTube. It's called a war cry. And every now and then when I'm driving on my way to work and I got to walk into some hellish situations, I just began to sing that little war cry. And then I began to praise the Lord with the favorite lyrics of my song. Whatever it might be, I'm going to continue to praise him. I'm going to bless him at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Won't you open your mouth and praise the Lord? Won't you let his praise continually be in your mouth? Look that storm in the eye. Go ahead and square up with the word of God with a praise in your mouth and remember you are armed and dangerous. My God, my God, my God. Listen, real quick, you know who you are? You know who you are? You're armed and dangerous. Is that a word for anybody in the building? Listen, regardless of what you come up against, regardless of whatever darts that the enemy throws your way, you are armed and dangerous. Listen, Reverend Aletha, thank you for what as just an awesome and amazing word. I hope y'all got it. I hope you got some nuggets to walk away with because I certainly do that you are the promise 
that fuels your praise. Listen, as you're holding on to the promises of God, it's your praise that fuels even the promises of God. And praise, it changes your focus. It changes your focus. And lastly, praise changes your perspective. How have you been looking at a thing and you've been looking at it thinking that you're defeated? You've been looking at it thinking that, listen, this is the end. This is it. This is the best God's going to be able to do. But listen, God is a God that not only arms us, but makes us dangerous. So listen, Reverend Aletha, we thank God for just the amazing word. What a word, what a word, what a word. Come on, can we celebrate this moment of God one more time? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, we want to take this moment and open up the doors of the church. I don't know where you find yourself in life. I don't know where you find yourself in this season of your life, but you don't have to leave this place going through life by yourself. We want to take this moment and not only offer you Christ, but we also want to offer you a, a place where Paul describes where you can work out your soul salvation right here at Fresh Fire Church. As we'll stand to our feet all over this building, we open up the doors of the church. We invite you to come right now. Come down to the altar. We'll pray with you. We'll pray for you. Whatever it is that you need, we'll stand in the gap. We'll intercede on your behalf in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, don't, don't leave this place feeling like a weak Christian. Don't leave this place letting the enemy just beat up on you because you are armed and dangerous. Armed and flex the muscles for me, see? Show the folks what an armed person looks like, right? Armed and dangerous. To God be the glory. Those of you that are watching right now, we stand with you as well. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Somebody say, yes, he is. Yes, God is. We thank God for God's ability to strengthen us in the fight, to strengthen us in the war, that, God, you've promised to never leave us nor forsake us. And for that, God, we say thank you. As you take your seats in this place,